and good evening. Hi, howdy. And welcome. Not going to say what I said last time. And welcome to another episode of Unofficial Soundtrack Podcast. I am Austin. I'm Zach. Stez. All right, that was a good. That was a better opening this time. (laughs) (laughs) I'm holding my tongue here. I'm really trying. Well, uh, have you have you been? It's been a while. (laughs) Been holding my tongue, like I said. (laughs) You really want to say it? (laughs) Uh, I've I've been I've been good, man. Making moves. In my personal life, yeah, baby. not in my professional life at the moment, but trying to get that personal life figured out, man. Hey, that's the most important part of that life. That's true. And yourself, Stas, how you doing? Yeah, take it or leave it. All right, moving on. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> now, how you been? That's all right. I'm doing all right. Trying same with Zach. Trying to improve my life. Hopefully, get this job rolling soon. So we'll see. Hell yeah, man. We'll see. Hell yeah. Hell well, yeah, at least bro. you guys are. You're making moves. There's uh there's a there's some hope and there's some aspirations and that's the most important thing. Unlike myself, just sitting in a corporate hole waiting to slowly die. <laughs> or for enough people to die and mm. which and continue to be employed. Yeah. True. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I it, I'm just kidding, it's not that bad. Um uh, but uh no, it's been a little bit um so before we get straight into what we uh, recorded, uh I just wanted to say that uh this is uh, episode number seven or eight, something like that. Yeah, and uh, it's been a lot of fun. But we like have the producer been. should fun. probably keep track of that. I probably <laughs> should. No, you guys are such more brothers. more <laughs> definitively. Uh, but uh, it's been good. Uh, we're gonna try to churn out some more episodes a little bit at a faster pace. I know things slowed down. Uh, ever since the pandemic has, um, kind of normalized our lives a little bit, and so work is picking up and just life in general things picking back up so we will make a more conscious effort to get a few more episodes rolling uh so we're not uh so long between episodes luckily whoever's listening to this will have no real reference to that (laughs) since we're just gonna release one and then another one a week later and then another one a week later that is very true well Let's get right into it then, because I think we all really enjoyed this this uh, this last project, yeah, or this last. Well, pick. I know we both like both of them, but I'm curious if we like the pairing because I don't That's think we've talked, we haven't talked no, about. No, it. there's a very. I point. purposely haven't talked about. So, Zach, over to you. Well, let's talk about what you picked last episode. So, last episode, at the very end of the episode, wanted to change it up a bit because, like you said, um, we've picked some pretty intense subject matter the past few shows which i'm super into yeah, by yeah, the yeah. way yeah yeah Agreed. um and i can keep doing that for mm-hmm. into eternity basically but, but you threw me a bone yeah i threw yeah. you a bone yeah, yeah i wanted to give us an album that's a little bit of a layup i guess but it's still a fucking foundational album mm. in metal so i picked number of the beast by iron maiden one of oh yeah yeah it's an album that is so frequently listed near the top of all time best metal lists by so many people not even critics but just fans alike and it's because iron maiden is just one of those foundational metal bands like over the years no matter what time period you grow up in iron bands like iron maiden judas mm-hmm. priest metallica black sabbath people always go to these bands like instead of whatever metal band might be hot at the that's time. That's a very good point. Yeah. And it's because this music is just fucking timeless for one thing and it's just become so ingrained and just canon and I mean to me like this album and early Iron Maiden in general is just like sacred text, mm. you know. Um Yeah, when you say layup, it's more yeah. like a it's more like an alley-oop, right? It's fucking slam dunk <laughs> is what it is. <laughs> yeah, so uh I mean I think if you are an avid metal fan or an avid even just music fan, I think you're pretty well versed with Iron Maiden and familiar. But let's give the benefit of the doubt to some of the listeners maybe aren't uh, all that familiar with them. So you mind talking a little bit about the band? Idiots. A little about the, a little about the album? Just like you, Stas. <laughs> <laughs> Very true. Hold on, before... Before I do that, have you ever had you ever listened to Iron Maiden before uh, this? I've listened to some Iron Maiden, but okay. it was mostly because it was 
like you said, those metal kids who were like wore Iron Maiden shirts or yeah. like Black Sabbath shirts, and they'd be like, "Dude, you need to listen to them." So I would like listen to whatever they showed me. I'm like, "It's good," but I never got into them. You're right. Hmm. It's funny because like, I mean, I remember being in middle school and high school and like seeing Iron Maiden shirts, and a lot of the imagery looks so extreme. But then you listen to the music, and it's just so like anthemic. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not like you're listening to Cannibal Corpse or some shit, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but so just to give some backstory about the album, Iron Maiden has been around since the mid to late 70s, and they had several iterations before landing on the one they did for Number of the Beast. And the band was started by Steve Harris, who's the bass player and principal songwriter in the band, which is rare for mm. a lot of music in general, not even just metal, but... He's uh, he's basically the lead bass player for Iron Maiden. It's like, crazy. When I'm thinking about this album, a lot of the time, like when I'm humming along to it or something, or when I'm thinking about it and a tune pops into my head, it's a bass line from this album because mm-hmm. they're just so memorable and he's such a fucking mm. virtuoso at his instrument. And it makes sense that he writes writes all their music because he has very memorable bass lines in addition to arrangements and lyrics. So he doesn't write all of their music or all of their lyrics, but he's been kind of the driving force in the band since they started. And most importantly, he's a West Ham United supporter. Yeah. And an avid West Ham support West Ham United supporter. It's a soccer team in case yeah. you didn't know. Yeah, I, I had never <laughs> like, even yeah. heard of that soccer team before I <laughs> Like, started hanging out with you, Austin. <laughs> <laughs> so, for those that are listening, it is, it, that is my adopted Premier League team. Um, long story short, is a, a friend of mine from, from London, from Essex. So, technically, it's not London, it's the county east of London, but um, a lot of people on that part of the country are, are West Ham fans. And, uh, and they kind of suck. And, uh, yeah, they're, they're, they're like the, uh, they're kind of like, the Washington Redskins, or sorry, hey, football team. The Washington football team, in the sense oh, right. where there's a there's a lot of history, um, but recently they are terrible. Sure, <laughs> and the ownership is horrendous, but the fan base is still not going loyal, anywhere, not yeah. going anywhere, and yeah. super loyal. So, so it's very similar, and it's at the it's a capital team, right? It's the team of the, the capital of the country. So actually a lot of similarities between West Ham and, and, uh, and the old, the old, uh, the old football team from Washington, DC. Yeah. (laughs) Besides the racist name. Sure. Yeah. It's what's funny about, uh, Iron Maiden stylistically, as opposed to uh, like black Sabbath or Judas priest is that they are all from London. Mm. Black Sabbath mm. is from Birmingham. Judas Priest, I think, is also from Birmingham, actually. That's um, so interesting. Yeah, but Iron Maiden is a very London <laughs> band, you know? That's so crazy. A bunch of fucking blokes from London. <laughs> you can tell. And they're uh, very you know? proud, yeah. Yeah, they love it. Um, so they both, both, like, that era, like, birthed both, like, the metal and, like, the punk scene at, like, almost mm-hmm. the same time then. Oh yeah, that's crazy. That's that's mm-hmm. insane. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's really funny if you look at the uh, the lineage of early punk. It came as a response to progressive rock, as well as right. like arena rock mm-hmm. and even bands like Led Zeppelin, right. Pink Floyd. But then, um, so a lot of the punk kids and the metal kids didn't necessarily like hang together. Mm-hmm. But metal also wasn't quite as big of a thing until the eighties. And it was bands like Iron Maiden right, that that's, made it into that's a crazy. thing. Um, and it, but it is, it's notable that Judas Priest, Iron Maiden, Black Sabbath, all these bands started in the seventies. Black Sabbath started in the sixties, but holy wow, a lot of these bands. Oh no, I knew that. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, yeah. They formed you told me that. Yeah. within kind of out of the murk of hard rock, yeah. yeah, progressive rock, and then took some elements from punk. Early Iron Maiden, their first two. Iron Maiden albums are very punk, hmm. and uh, it's really cool. I love their first two albums. Actually, when I was a kid, they, my gateway to them was their first album. Oh, wow. Where it was before Bruce Dickinson even sang for them. They had their first singer, Paul Deano, and he had much more of like a punk attitude to him. He wasn't like a operatic singer like Bruce Dickinson mm-hmm. was. Mm. Interesting. Um, this album, Number of the Beast, was actually the first album with Bruce Dickinson, 
behind the vocals. And um, they had undergone some lineup changes, but started really stabilizing their sound with this album. Yeah. You can really tell because every song is a fucking anthem. It's a ripper, you know? Question. So, like, <clears throat> I mean, you said it earlier, and, and I think we all know that this is the quintessential album from this era. Um, I think a lot of people refer to it. I'm curious to what you know. What was the reception like when it came out? Oh, man. Americans hated it. Really? Because, well, American parents hated it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And that makes sense. I'm sure there was a cult subculture yeah. that fucking loved and because, it. And because the American parents hated it, American kids loved it. Got it. Got you it. Know? Okay, okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> makes sense. Yeah. So... The F- Iron Maiden's first album didn't come out until 1980, and Jewish Priest had been putting out albums since like 1975. Black Sabbath had put out a bunch of albums at this point, so there was a lot of like primordial stew going on that kind of, I guess, turned into this gigantic fandom for Iron Maiden, not only in America but around the world. But, um, but yeah, at first. In America, at least, it was a little too much, I think. Mm-hmm. In the UK, it, they were like totally accepted. They mm. were kind of an instant hit, oh. and they just kept playing bigger and bigger venues, yeah. their first three, four, or five albums, hmm. which kind of culminated in their World Slavery Tour from 1984 when they toured Power Slave. And by that point, they toured all over the world, including South America and Asia and places where a lot of these bands would never dream to yeah. have played and um a lot of that kind of started with number of the beasts because you have these huge songs like run to the hills right like even if somebody doesn't know iron maiden they probably have heard run to the hills mm-hmm. at least once i think run to the hill number of the beast i, I mm. think I mean, kids nowadays, I think, know it because it's on every iteration of rock band and guitar yeah. hero. That's and very that stuff, true, right? yeah. yeah. So, like, you put that song on, and they don't even have to be music fans, but they'll be like, they'll just sing along with it. Yeah. And they're like, catchy. oh, yeah, that was on Guitar Hero. Or, like, like anything <laughs> that's, like, going back to the 80s, right? Like, yeah, I think mm-hmm. Cobra Kai uses it in their soundtrack. Uh, okay, like, okay. yeah, like, it's... So you were saying earlier, like, you know, compared to some of the other albums that we were listening to with previous episodes, it's not as heavy and musically it's not as, um, dark, right? It's, it's, it's like you said, it's all the songs are anthems. They're very Mm -hmm. melodic, very catchy. catchy. So I'm assuming they play in a lot more major keys Mm -hmm. too. Exactly. So I'm assuming then what you were saying with, you know, parents not liking it back in the, this, what, seventies, right? Early seventies. Uh, early 80s. Early 80s? Yeah, okay. This, so, came, this came out in 1982. So uh, it's probably what subject matter then with the lyrics? Oh, yeah. Because it's like, you so, know, Children of the Damned and, you know, Number six, of six, the Beasts, six, right? Yeah. yeah. A lot of American parents wanted to ban this record. Got it. Okay. Because <laughs> of the song figured, Number of the Beasts, because they say 666 and talk about the devil. So <laughs> Yeah, well, if you play the record backwards, then you'll summon the demon. Yeah, and then, exactly. Or whatever then they Steve said back then. Harris just becomes Beelzebub <laughs> and rapes your parents in front of you. So that's why they wanted to get a band. Um, but it's, it's just one of those things. Like, remember, did you ever see the trials with Tipper Gore when she was trying to ban... Um, when... They were trying to put the like explicit content labels on stuff. Oh. That was a big movement in the 80s, which kind of started... One of the albums that kind of started it was Number of the Beast, and it culminated with Frank Zappa and Dee Snyder from Twisted Sister going to the Supreme Court and like saying their two cents about why it's bullshit. But anyway, because Iron Maiden, they have this very larger than life persona and uh they also have their own fucking mascot eddie who's on every single album cover of theirs and he's just like the zombie guy Mm -hmm. and on the cover of this album eddie is the zombie guy is holding a um he's he has a devil marionette essentially he's controlling the strings of this puppet that is the devil and um rising up from hell 
and it's, it's fucking it's it's like a horror movie yeah cover. I've, I've always loved their their album covers oh and yeah their artwork like iron maiden stuff was always and i think that's why a lot of people like their t-shirts and oh hell I mean, yeah it's just it's just so i mean it's just it's art right it's i mean theatrical. it's amazing like it, it's just expressive and like yeah it's it's art you know yeah. like it's, 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 on its own the cover arts are like art so stez what did you think about the album man well, I, I really like this album, and I really want. Now that I know that their earlier albums are a little more punk, like I, it makes me more interested. And yeah. they, I definitely. Are you, are you a big punk fan? I, I am. Oh, like, I like, like. Okay. I don't, I want to say like a big fan, but I have a huge appreciation for punk, and it's huh. more of like, just like the, I just a, not appreciation, but like I'm so curious of that mindset the punks, especially punk bands had, where it's like yeah. the rebelling against the authority, mm. and they just I don't know, it's just like something about it's very enticing and very interesting to me. They also have a really intense work ethic a lot of the time, yeah. Too, mm-hmm. Which I mean, Iron Maiden does too, and that's one of the reasons why they're so successful. They just toured gotcha. everywhere, and that's crazy. Just worked really, really hard on nailing down these arrangements and killing the twin guitar sections and. Yeah, it's it is really interesting though to think about like the crossover between punk and metal. The fact that they both started in England, which is not a very big like uh, it's not a very big country, so the fact yeah. that they both started there is just kind of fucking crazy, you know? Like yeah. it, it it just and they're both pretty different, but they also kind of come at it the same point, I guess, you know? Like they're both kind of anti-authoritative or just like Sure. not very I, which is kind of surprising that they were so popular in England like you were saying cuz like I guess from an American standpoint, I always see them as very anti, just like yeah. mainstream, right? That just kind of like, you, I mean, nowadays it's a little different because like what's mainstream just like. True. Yeah, it, it, it's just, yeah. it's totally different conversation nowadays, but I don't know. It's just that that's really crazy. Yeah. Yeah. But my thoughts on the album, I just, I've, yeah, no, I like this album a lot. It was a lot of fun. It's, it's hard just not like, to like. It, yeah, it's a very hard night to like. And immediately when you listen to it, it just, it, oh, it's, this is a classic. Yeah, like I've I said this before, and I don't know if I said it on this podcast, but there are certain bands who are able to still sound like their time, but able to transcend it. Like mm-hmm. they're 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 able to sound like certain bands, like Talking Heads, sound like very much like the '80s, but you can listen to them now and still oh, appreciate yeah. their their music, right? Definitely. And it's like certain bands, like. And I feel like that's I mean, the same ra- thing with Radiohead, right? Radiohead, Zeppelin, Zeppelin I mean, yeah. um, like even going back to like. Simon Garfunkel, or yeah, like yeah. you know, like stuff like that, or like Neil Diamond, uh, yeah, right? Feel, Neil but Diamond. it doesn't feel dated, right? That's like, what you I'm listen saying. to yeah, some exactly. '80s hair metal, and it's like, yes, it sounds oh, like yeah. '80s music, but I don't really want to listen to mm-hmm. it anymore. Yeah. <laughs> but this yeah. album, clearly an '80s metal album, but fuck, mm. does it? Yeah, yeah. As the kids say, is it a banger? Yes, <laughs> it's a <laughs> fucking a banger. Oh, banger! It's a banger. Yeah. It's a banger. For sure. Yeah, dude. I, I really this album slaps. It's, and, it's a bop. <laughs> it's was a there a kids thing. bop for this album? <laughs> oh my god! Dude, I would. Oh be my god! If Run to the Hills is on a kids bop, I, I would be surprised tonight. if number the number of the beast. It's like instead of six six six, it's like seven seven seven. Oh my god! <laughs> it's like cheese, cheese, cheese. I love me some cheese. <laughs> Anyways, oh for, for those that are listening, uh, we had this whole thing where we one night when we were barbecuing, we listened to kids bop versions of. Oh. Of songs and it was just it was splendid it was a magical night <laughs> i um could not stop drinking <laughs> i just wanted to drown that out so much uh so Stez, i i liked what you were saying earlier when we were uh you know, kind of setting up that uh you know this was one of the the few albums i think actually it's probably been the only other mm. album since king diamond that you said that you could just kind of listen to over and over and over well, and just kind of have it on. Right? Where you, you didn't have to put your, either like you didn't have to fully pay attention to it or like it kind of just puts you in like the state of mood, right? Because there are certain albums like you said where like you listen to it and it just puts you in a bad mood. Not like, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or not even bad, but like puts you in, in a mood. Right? A mood, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. a mood. Not somewhere. necessarily bad. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah I don't want to say bad because it seems Now, I will negative. say this album is similar in that sense where it does take you to a mood, but... It's like for me, it takes me to a very productive. It's energetic. Or, this this exactly. album is fucking energetic. It just gives you energy. Yeah. You're like whatever you're doing, it makes you want to keep doing it. It's like, oh, I'm driving. Oh, yeah. I'm going to fucking keep driving, baby. Dude, yeah. This Iron Man is just one of the most inspiring stories in music. 
hmm. I think. Interesting. And these guys are still fucking doing it. Dude, yeah. they're still they're doing it. That's what's crazy. Yeah. Their, their last album, Book of Souls, came out in 2016, maybe. A lot of people think it's like their best album in a long I was about to, time. I was about to ask, okay, how did I do? And it's a double album, too. Like These guys aren't fucking around and just making the same thing over and over again. Like They made an album that's like an hour and 45 minutes long, and it's has all these very intricate progressive movements like as they have gone on in time they have gotten more and more like ambitious and big like fucking bruce dickinson got his pilot license and he yeah. drives their plane when they go on tour sometimes that's awesome that's and awesome. he's a world-class fencer and yeah so these guys are just so talented and they just i wish i need doing this and they just keep doing whatever they want like not all these guys want to do everything you know like dave murray the guitar player just soft-spoken guy loves playing guitar and he rips and that's what he does well and just drinks tea the rest of the time yeah and he just chills like if you watch interviews with him he's just like yeah i just really really love playing guitar (laughs) (laughs) that's amazing and yeah but every single one of these guys especially actually on subsequent albums after this album are just such virtuosos and take the lead at any given time, you yeah. know, Steve Harris can rip an insane bass line right after these dual lead guitar lines. And then fucking Bruce Dickinson comes out and he can do anything on vocals. Um, this was the last album with Clive Burr on drums. He's like the one part of this album that's a little underwhelming, I guess, mm-hmm. in a way. Like the drums are still great. But compared but to I see what you're Nico saying. McBrain, who replaced him on subsequent albums, wasn't quite up to snuff. <laughs> yeah, I guess like compared to the potential of what he could have been. Yeah. yeah, I could see that. But still a great drummer. Makes sense. He's not holding them back. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So the funny part is my my favorite song on the album, I think, keeps changing. And uh, I think this is a good segue for for us as we take a break, refill our drinks, and get into what Stefan picked. Because, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I think when I first listened to Iron Maiden, like you said, it's Number of the Beast, Run to the Hills, and that's kind of the go-to songs, right? Yeah. And then the more you listen to it, it's like... Yeah, what's your favorite album you know, or it, song right I, now? I think it, it keeps changing, and now, because of what Stez picked, mm-hmm. the song that keeps mm-hmm. taking me back... Is Children of the Damned. Dude, Children oh. of the Damned is so <laughs> good. I was actually going to read some lyrics from that song. It is and such a good song. song. And then, is it Hallowed Be Thy Name? Yes. That's another That's a good one. The too. lyrics in Hallowed Be Thy Name is incredible. Yeah. Like, for sure. They that's And Steve Harris wrote the lyrics on both of these songs, too. And they are. Okay, let me just read you the lyrics to just one of the verses in Hallowed Be Thy Name. Mark my words, believe my soul lives on. Don't worry now that I have gone. I've gone beyond to seek the truth. When you know that your time is close at hand, maybe then you'll begin to understand life down here is just a strange illusion. And this is about a guy who is about to be hanged. Mm-hmm. And he's just thinking about, is, is there any point to life mm-hmm. at all? Like, do I care about any of this? Then Children of the Damned, in the bridge... Now it's burning his hands. He's turning to laugh, smiles as as the flame sears his flesh, melting his face, screaming in pain, peeling the skin from his eyes. Watch him die according to plan. He's dust on the ground. What did we learn? God. So it's mm. not like these guys are just talking about, you know, guys with pitchforks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They're talking about like the inevitability of death and the horrors of human existence. And it's it's really, it's great stuff. It's bleak. Yeah, which is a word I'll come to in our next segment. They're uh, they're smart guys, man, and super yeah, talented, definitely. and and very uh, thought provoking. And I really like the word you use, virtuoso, because that's the feeling I had when I listened to the album. I was like, this is clearly a guy's vision. Like it, it, this, you know, this wasn't just like we're gonna cobble together a bunch of songs and then like and make an album. Like this was clearly like. I have a theme that I want to, you know, like yeah. this is clearly thought out, like that he wanted to follow through. So my only question to that one though is prisoner because the excerpt is like from a, 
60s sci-fi show, right? Yeah, it is. So how does that tie awesome. into the album? Though? I just think that's so I mean, cool. I, I'm sure there is a tie-in. I just I just don't know. Well, it's about... So the, the show The Prisoner mm-hmm. was this British TV show about a guy who goes to this island and... Um, I'm not a number. Yeah, I'm I'm, exactly. So <laughs> it's about this guy who is kind of whisked away to this island and isn't really given any information as to why he's there. And um, he's actually in prison. That's what you find out as the show goes on. Oh, so it. it's kind of about oh. these... Like season um, two of Mr. Robot. I haven't seen Mr. Robot. Uh, this is kind of a spoiler. But mind. it's about like basically these higher-ups that are like authority trying to um, coax this guy into either incriminating himself or just kind of... Um, I don't know, controlling him essentially. So huh. that's what the lyrics to the prison yeah. to prisoner is about. It's really cool show. That sounds like a really cool show. Yeah, yeah no, I, I, know. I really want to check it out. So the song that actually clicked for me was the the twenty two Acacia Street. Yeah, that, that was the one that, that I was is like, a great song. and that was also what made me go, okay, I know what to pick. Oh, yeah, it, that All makes right. a lot of sense. Yeah. So, so then that's some that's a. They created their own lore with that song too. That's a callback to the song "Charlotte the Harlot" from their first album. Interesting. Okay. It's about a prostitute. Okay. Well, then. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that's what the. That's right. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So then, you know what? Well, uh, let's take a quick break so that we can get uh, more beer. Get more beer. Get more drinks, and then uh, we'll open it up with why Stez liked this song so much, and then that can go into what he picked because. Uh, it's going to be some good conversation around that part. Yeah, yeah I'm actually kind of excited. Right. We'll be right back. Harness the power of the beast, man. <laughs> and we're back. Yeah. Iron Maiden's all about harnessing not only the power of the beast, but the power of everything. The power the, of free will. The inner beast. That's that lives within all of us. All right, Stez. Number 666. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Stez. So, yes. What did you pick and why did you pick it? So, I picked the 1985 movie called Return of the Living Dead. It is so the history of this movie is a little complicated because it is technically and not technically a sequel to The Night of the Living Dead. In the movie, they do kind of bring up, they do mention it for a little yeah, bit. Th- I'd never seen this movie before this, which I'm su- surprised and, by because yeah. it's a cla- it's a cult classic. Yeah. Quick question though, again, because also with the last album that was similar to this, and the last movie that was similar to, or that you chose for that movie. Is there a theme with 80s horror movies where there's sequels to movies that aren't really sequels? <laughs> like there's, there's like another sequel that is the actual sequel. Are you talking sequel? about like Evil Dead 2? Yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, okay. I was like, what are, what are your... Okay, yeah. Evil Dead 2 was like kind of a about. sequel, it's, but yeah. then... It's the like a sequel saying, remake. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Which we did re-watch the, the first Evil Dead. We did. Yeah, which it's was very... Great. Yeah, I actually like it better than the, the second one now. I know, you, you yeah. did say that. But so, I, we're getting, sorry, yeah. I digress, but yeah. I just thought that was interesting because you were like, yeah, this is a sequel kind of to a movie well I'll, I'll explain why because after night of the living dead which was produced by john russo and made by george romero who everybody knows who did dawn of the dead and day of the dead um and the reason of the dead and okay well, i don't want to talk about <laughs> anything after day of the dead uh he there, there's a reason why uh they're they're not of the living dead it's because john russo the producer actually had the rights for it so he had the rights for of the living dead so he wanted to make his own movie. So he wrote a script, which is absolutely trash. And then Dan O'Ban, or no, I, I don't know who this studio was who bought it out and was like, all right, we're going to make a movie. So they actually, they originally tapped Toby Hooper, who did the original um, Texas, Chainsaw. Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Poltergeist, all that. Um, oh, that's a good movie. Uh, Life Force. So yeah, yeah. it was actually, because I actually it was thought. also Dan O'Bannon. No, yeah, exactly. So that's part of it. Um, but yeah, so Toby Hooper did, uh, or was the original tapper, Dan O'Bannon did it, but uh, he basically scrapped all of John Russo's idea and was like, I'm not going to follow that and did his own thing, which Dan O'Bannon, if you didn't know, actually wrote the first, 
I think the first two Alien movies. I think it was just the first Alien. Was it just the first one? Okay, yeah. I know he has credit in the second one, but I have no idea what his yeah, involvement. I think it's was one of those things where it's like characters by mm-hmm. Dan O'Bannon, and it's one of those things. Is like he said, she said, like uh, um, Ridley Scott is like, oh no, that was all me. Like the script wasn't oh, shit, and okay. he was like, no, I wrote the chest bursting scene, and like you know, it's one of those things. But one of my favorite horror movies. Yeah. Oh yeah, Which, Alien is yeah. one of my favorite movies. Yeah. Sure. But yeah, so I chose that movie, which if you haven't seen it, is wait, wait, say that again because Night of the sorry, I'm 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 a couple drinks deep, so <laughs> yes. so who what movie and who directed this one now? This is Night of the uh, sorry Return of the Living Dead, directed by Dan O'Bannon. Got it. Okay, uh, it is a very much an '80s movie, which is one of the reasons very why 80s. I picked it because <laughs> the album is very very '80s, but like the album, it also kind of transcends the time and doesn't feel very dated. Because it's just like you enjoy it for what it is. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I mean, immediately when I first listened to the album, this was my first instinct. And this is one of the first time where I just, I went with, well, I mean, I have gone with my gut feelings before, but I usually did a little research more beforehand and like yeah. watched the album with the movie alongside, you know, like side by side. But this time I literally just went with my gut feelings because I was just like, I, I know, like, as soon as I heard it, this was my, like, I heard the first song, I immediately thought of this movie, and then right, and as soon as I got to Acacia, uh, the 22 Acacia Avenue, mm-hmm. I was, it, it just solidified it for me. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Why did, why did it take you so long to pick it then? <laughs> <laughs> because I wasn't sure if to go with my my instinct. Oh, God. I wanted I to try other fair. ones that's, and other 80s yeah, movies. To be fair, I've, fair. I've had that too with life. Specifically with um, fucking the last movie we did. Why am I forgetting it right now? But paired with Leviathan. Um, it's been so long. I, I can't remember. <laughs> oh, uh, the, Come on, producer. The, they, they fucked the squid. Oh, uh, possession. Yes. Possession. <laughs> so yeah. Fuck the squid. The squid fucks her. Excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. You're right. Yes, sorry. Sorry. But for yeah, those be, that haven't to, heard the other one. To be fair, it, it has taken me some time before too and i also debate whether to go with my gut for when you pick a movie or uh to have the knee jerk mm-hmm. or to think about it yeah so uh, I, I understand that's that's a very good point yes yeah i went through a lot of 80s movies I'm kill sure, a clown from outer space the lost boy yeah it was it was fun so but i definitely went through a lot but at the end like you were the here the night when i just decided because i was just like yeah Fuck it. I got to go with my instinct. I know this is the right choice. Sorry. What was your question, Austin? No, no, no. You, you, you have every right to keep keep going. I was just wondering why 28, 22. Okay, how do you spell it? had the theme of Pred- Acacia. Acacia Avenue. Pred- is there a reason why that one triggered this movie? What? It had this feeling of like a predator going after prey. All right? It does. And it has that like, and it has that heartbeat kind of like mm-hmm. rhythm behind 22. it. Exactly. Like, it's somebody on the hunt. <laughs> and then the 22 Avenue thing, it's like, well, that could be like, like the great, the, either like the uh, mortician's place, like that could be 22 Avenue, you know, oh, like a yeah. place where everybody, oh. where this horrible shit happens, or it could just be the fucking storage area. Cause like, why is there a, like a warehouse supply a right across, supplies, yeah. right across from a graveyard? Yeah. <laughs> like, it, it's like, it's really strange. So it's like, 80s man, yeah. government, mind control. <laughs> Who knows? Yeah. So, oh, to talk about what, how it's kind of not a sequel and how it isn't, yeah, they yeah. do reference the first movie, which is why it, it kind of yeah. isn't. isn't. It, it was a nice little hint at the yeah. movie. So, can you just tell us a little bit about the, the plot? So, the plot is the two workers at a medical supply uh, facility uh, accidentally contaminate themselves and open up a container that was filled with apparently one of the zombies that the night of the living dead was based off of yeah. like it's it's, it's kind of convoluted you know it gets a little crazy but Basically, it's a lot of fun there's a there's a zombie in there's a, a barrel with a dead person in it yeah. and it great a american made and he hits it <laughs> and then fucking it hits him in the face it's it's this movie is both comical and terrifying at the same time which is kind of confusing if you come at it as an adult but i feel like if you're a kid this movie would be terrifying because you wouldn't get yeah. the comedy aspect Dude, of especially it. Especially the scene where you just see the big, greasy, wet um Oh, he's corpse. got a name. He's got oh a name. Oh, my God. He's just like, brains. 
Which is how, like, if you've known anything from zombies, if you're, like, our age and you grew up with anything zombies, you always grew up with them saying, like, brains, you know? Yeah. Like, and you always wonder what I can't, like, that it comes from this movie. Yeah. Because yeah. zombies generally don't speak. Yeah. But right. this movie, they speak. Or they, they just use. Mm. Yeah, or they just, yeah, exactly. But this movie, they speak, they can use tools. They're kind of smart, which makes them terrifying. Yeah, yeah like they, they they coax cops and yeah. like come bring more yeah. ambulances. Bring more <laughs> cops. <laughs> Send more ambulances. Yeah, or, or no, paramedics. Or paramedics. Yeah, paramedics. More brains. Yeah, or like when they interrogate the zombie and they literally ask him, oh, and then yeah. they tell him like, "We need to eat brains because it stops the pain." Yeah, they're living dead. They're yeah. not zombies. Which actually kind of makes sense. You know, yeah. like, it's like, I mean, it doesn't make sense. Yo, but no, like, that's actually my that's favorite. Logic. That is my favorite scene in the it's movie. It's so good. And you can is see when the spinal fluid come out. when they're interviewing the, 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 the lady head or whatever. And they're like, why do Torso, you need yeah. this or whatever? And that Brain. scene is so, because of that line exactly, which is like, why do you need brains? And it's like, the pain. Makes the, the pain, pain go away. And you're sitting there you're like, fuck, dude. Can you imagine if you died and then you came back? You Which you see all this fucking rotting flesh uh, all over you. It make, feel it. You can yeah. feel your flesh rotting. Well, it makes away. it more like uh. it, it impactful because you see it happening to Freddy and uh, what's yeah. his name? Oh god, I can't think of the actor. The guy actor who's in Poltergeist. Himself? Yeah, yeah, that burns himself. Yeah, uh, that uh, I don't know. Yeah, old but those. Guy. Yeah, the, the other old guy, not Bert, because Bert is the owner, but. Yeah, you see those two because those two get infected because they open the canister, which ends up, which releases the zombie, which is, it has a name, and I yeah. can't think of, the, I can't think of the name. It's like Mister Slime or something like that. But um, we'll just call him Mister Slime from here. Yeah, on it's, out. it's fine. <laughs> but yeah, they open the thing and then they get infected, and that's kind of the most terrifying part, in my opinion, is oh, yeah. seeing them just deteriorate and just become zombies. Yeah, like, like they have their the back, and it's like, oh, their their blood is pooling at the bottom of and their... the whole time. They're just yelling like one of the reasons i picked this album with this because like i was telling you i don't know what what he calls wailing this type of singing where it's like half between screaming and like oh um what what, what is it there's necessarily a term for it but just um yeah that type of yelling yeah that type of singing it's just like it fit because everybody (laughs) after like the first act it's just yelling yeah. You know, once the zombies gets released, everybody's just wailing because Freddy and what's his name is in pain. The other people are getting attacked by zombies. The girls, the gr- unfortunately, have no lines except scream. Yeah. Or all those and trash. The, the one girl who just gets. Don't forget about trash. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. Trash. Yeah. Played by yeah. the great Linneo Quigley. Yes. Oh, great in lowercase. Hey, hey, hey! She she's done some great work. Okay. Hey, again, in lowercase. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The no man, I. Okay, actually, continue. Sorry. Uh, so yeah, they uh, you just see them deteriorate, and then the reason why I said this album, I mentioned the word bleak earlier, is because this movie is pretty bleak. Everybody yeah. at the end of this movie just dies. The mili- like you see this military people <laughs> yeah. get introduced early on. You're like, I wonder what that's about. And at the end of the movie, you see what it's about, and it's oh, it's to introduce this nuclear warhead that it goes and blows them up at the end. Yep. And then everybody just fucking dies. And then now, when you, when you pull out Total Eclipse, yeah. It, yeah. that adds even more to it, which is it's a song that wasn't originally added to the UK US release. Yeah. So just to give people listening some context, and during our break, I had these two guys listen to Total Eclipse, which is was included on the UK release, I think, of Number of the Beast, but it was left off the US version. I think just for time limits on an LP, basically, but. But it's a really cool song and has some great breakdowns. Mm-hmm. And yeah, like you were saying, Night or not Night of the Living Dead. Yeah, I know <laughs> it's so hard. The Living it's so Dead. Hard. It ends with everybody dying. And mm-hmm. then Number of the Beast ends with a guy who's about to get hanged. Yeah. He's just looking back on his life and thinking about if anything was worth it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Bleak. Yeah. That's AF. Kind of what the eighties were all about, you know. <laughs> I mean, especially England with like Margaret Thatcher and all yeah. that. Like it was not great. I mean, it was for them the peak the of the Cold War. Yeah. There was yeah, a lot there, of people were coming to grips with yeah. having a lot of technology that they had never had before, exactly. and and could harnessing life all this. Yeah, harnessing mm-hmm. all this power, being able to wipe out the entire exactly. world if you want, while being at like mm-hmm. basically unofficial war. Yeah. V no. for Vendetta, the comic book, is a great encapsulation of that era of the oh, of, of England in the 80s. The movie goes 
like watch more action and more yeah, action yeah, yeah. towards it. But the, oh, the comic book is incredibly. If just you have like, it. I, would, I, have I, it, like I have it. I have it. It's really like good. To borrow that. Yeah, Alan Moore, man. Speak of his game. Yeah, yeah. Watchmen Alan Moore too, is man. awesome. Yeah, Watchmen. Yeah, does. I mean, it's just '80s in general. It's just '80s yeah. politics. Yeah, I, I think what you said with you know why, like what the world politics was. I mean, it makes sense why the art kind of reflected that. Okay, all right, Zach. So, what were your thoughts on the pick? What? Yes. What do you? What? So what, do you, what, is, yeah. what is your thoughts on what the? Okay. Sorry, no, 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 no. Seven, no seven, I, seven. I'm curious of what your thought is on the combination. But before that, then, yeah. but let's talk about your thoughts on the movie. Though. Exactly. Yeah. That's yeah, what I'm yeah. Because what, what did you think about the movie Dude, first? The movie was so much fun. Yeah, it's it's, it's a classic <laughs> like, for it, a it's reason. Hard. If you like horror movies, especially like campy horror 80s movies, horror movies, it's yes. hard not to like. Mm-hmm. I mean, when Stefan just turned it on the other day, yeah. I was yeah, like, was oh, I don't awesome. feel like watching a movie. But then five minutes in, I was like. Ah, this is so fun. Like yeah. it's just, it's, just fun it's a fun movie. Exactly. I mean, it's also great to watch right now too, where everything is just so serious and yeah. shitty. And yeah. just throw this movie on, and it's just about something completely ridiculous, That's you fair. know. That's um, fair. And it's it provides your mind with something that metal provides my mind with sometimes, which is kind of an escape, but Mm. also like Mm. something that'll make you think about things harder too, because it's just such a exaggerated take. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. The world or just like a situation or a a given topic. But yeah, I, I, I've been wanting to watch this movie for a long time and for some reason just never did. That was your first time. That was my first time ever watching it last week. Nice. Yeah. So I really liked it. Um, I think my favorite, like, of the dead movie mm-hmm. is still Day of the Dead, mm. um, and that's like even more '80s. I feel like, and in, in some ways, um, it's it's a very different movie. But yeah, Return of the Living Dead is so much, and it's it's so much fun. And Day it is, is also my favorite. Not one. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah, Day good. of the Dead is is really cool, um, and. Like the zombies in that movie become more sentient too, mm-hmm. kind of like in Return of the Living Dead, where they actually have some authority as to what happens to them, other mm-hmm. than like you know just being slow Was brain eaters. Bob, Bob the zo- or his name, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah he, he the, shoots the, the gun. Can fire a gun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I agree. The movie's fun. What did you think about the combination? Do you think the pairing was appropriate? Do you feel like it was not that strong? What do you, what's your verdict? At first, when I saw it, it reminded me a lot more of punk than metal. Oh, and I could see it, yeah. Which the characters will reflect that a lot. Yeah, yeah. totally. Uh, the aesthetic of the movie is very punk. Mm-hmm. And yeah. um, I mean, like two of the main characters are basically punks. Yeah. <laughs> So. Oh my god! What's the the guy with the the mohawk? I can't even think of his yeah. name right now. Yeah. Well, that guy and then the black dude uh, are yeah. basically the yeah. punk he, he looks like punk Rick James. Right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, the, the two of them are caricatures of '80s punk, right? Yeah, yeah. totally. And um, well, and trash. It it reminded me of Repo Man, kind of too. <laughs> yes. Oh it, yeah. There's definitely some Repo Man vibes. Just such a quintessential punk movie as well. So I think my mind kind of took me there. Interesting. But. Um, the more I thought about this movie, the more it kind of reminded me of like old school death metal too, hmm. because so like bands like Death, which is a death metal yeah. band, they were like one of the first death metal bands, and Obituary and Cannibal Corpse even right. are very much going for this type of aesthetic that is just like practical effects gore mixed with like. <laughs> A movie that um, has serious subject matter, but also does not take itself super <laughs> seriously as well. Mm-hmm. And when I thought more about that, like I thought that this is like a, a great choice hmm. for number of movies because, like, there is clearly a lot of talent that went into this movie, right? And um, yeah, at first, like when I first saw it, I was like, okay, yeah, '80s movie, Iron Maiden. Sure. Yeah. We'll see. <laughs> let's let's give this a shot. Um, like you could see why it was a gut reaction, right? Exactly. For sure. You yeah. Could totally. Get I could it. totally see why it's a gut reaction, but I I do like the pairing. I haven't had a chance to rewatch the movie since the first time. 
I'm sure if I rewatched it again, I would probably be like, oh shit, yeah, this is this is great. <laughs> I do want to actually watch it, especially like Run for the Hills with the scene where the, all the punks are getting chased by the zombies. Yeah. Like, I really want to see how that matches up because I Dude, feel like that'd be a lot of fun. And even like Invaders, the first mm, song. Yeah. Like, seeing that in combination with uh, like this scene at the end where all the zombies come out and fight the cops. Mm-hmm. Oh man. That'd be yeah, so that'd be a great one. So. I liked what you said earlier about um, I'm kind of brain farting now, but just uh, like the aesthetics and how it doesn't feel, I don't know, like it, like the immediacy wasn't quite there. Mm -hmm. Um, But later on, as you thought more about it, you can kind of see how the pairing worked. Yeah. I, I liked what you said because, I think that's the beauty of Iron Maiden as a band is that you have so much talent. But when you think about the band, like why they haven't really been involved with a lot of controversy, why they haven't really been in the headlines for with a lot of bullshit, you could probably boil it down to the fact that they don't take themselves too seriously mm. at the end of the day right yeah they're they're guys that have high aspirations and love playing music with each other. And just love a lot of different types of things. Yeah. And mm. and if somebody says that they didn't like the song or they didn't approve of this, they don't they don't strike me as the type of people that get offended. And be like, oh and, fuck you. Yeah. I right. feel like they're just like, all right, then don't listen to it. And they just move on. And so that that notion of they don't take themselves that too seriously is kind of I don't know. Once you said that it, it really rang true with the movie itself too, because I feel like the way the movie was made, it was the same way it was like this yeah. is what we're doing we're really really talented we really love the genre we're just gonna do it if you don't like it then don't fucking watch it you know yeah. i mean mm-hmm. you could tell by the ending credits it was just like just a bunch of guys having fun like yeah. the credits looked like fun that's you know? what we said we were watching and it's just like these guys look like they had so much fun filming this yeah. like yeah the background stuff there's just so much goofy stuff yeah. in, like in the background like what was the thing we found out it was like the eye test the- <laughs> and it was like bert is a slave driver and a son of a bitch or whatever yeah. and like it's like the, the whoever and like, they clearly had fun doing just this had a great yeah. time on set and it, i think that is the for me that's where i think the the best combination was between the album and the movie is that that Mm -hmm. was the biggest similarity is both groups that created these works of art shared that mentality of like balls to the wall fuck yeah let's get creative as shit yeah but you know let's have fun with it yeah and do what we want to do and have fun with it no compromises exactly and that's that's one of the biggest things in horror and in metal and we talked about this in previous episodes Mm -hmm. but you don't compromise you do what you want to do and not always, but right. the best movies, the best metal bands, they do what they want to do, yeah. and they just fucking go for it. Yeah, um, dude. Uh, I, I personally, my opinion, I, mm-hmm. I like the combo. Um, I'm sure people will give me shit for this, but like, I'm also not the the most. Uh, it's weird because I like to read, but when it comes to music, that's the, that's the last thing I analyze. Like mm. I always go with the music mm. first with like what's the tone, what's the yeah. what's the the tempo, the energy level, uh, and then you know what key is it in and and I don't know. I, I always go with the musicality first and the lyrics always kind of take the back seat for me. Same. Which I'm sure some people give me shit for. I know I think Stefan, you're probably one of those you always kind of go right into the lyrics, which is really interesting. Mm-hmm. Um so for me when you suggested this as the movie for the album i immediately was like yes of course (laughs) because the tempo Mm. and the vibe is like yeah beat for beat i think i mean i was listening it to the other day and i was thinking about the movie and so my favorite song on the album right now like i was saying earlier is children of the damned kind Mm -hmm. of because of the parallel but then what i was thinking was it kind of it kind of mirrors the movie in a sense too because it's the it's the only real song on the album that has a slow, mm-hmm. hmm. slow uh, yeah. song. I'll be thy name. Yeah. I'll be thy name oh, too, true, right? True, true. But, uh, but I don't know. That's the one that stands out the most where it really slows down. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe it's because, is it Invaders? It, it, it starts out it's, so strong. Yeah. I, maybe that's why. Hmm. But it, always, it, it was always like, it starts off super strong and then it kind of slows down. And then the rest of the album I felt like t- took off. Yeah. And that's kind of how I view the movie 
is the movie starts off pretty high energy, right? You get introduced to all these characters. They're like over the top. Mm-hmm. Yeah. just kind of ridiculous characters. And then characters. you learn the story. And you learn the story. Yeah. And then it slows down. They get the fumes. They pass out. But in that transition in the movie mm-hmm. where it's like, and then you follow the, the smoke. Third, yeah, the third act or the second act the break second is act so break, good. Information. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then I just picture the, the, the album kind of it was the same way. I just felt like it kind of, once it slowed down and then it picked up, it just kept fucking yeah. going. Mm-hmm. And then by the end, when you get to Hallowed Be Thy Name, you got the, the powers that be just being like, fuck it, kill everybody. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Everybody is pretty much dead at that point. Yeah. And what is, what is the, the general's? I had lamb chops for lunch. <laughs> I made your favorite lamb chops. I had it for lunch. It's like, and damn. She's like, she looked devastated. Yeah. I was like, yeah. shit. The, so the other thing that I was just thinking about, mm-hmm. too, was Iron Maiden, in their inception as a whole, they took punk and metal and combined it. And that's one of the reasons that they were kind of the mo- one of the most unique metal bands of their time was because they took huh. the energy and some of the like production of punk and mixed it with metal and a lot of the stuff that you would get with like Judas Priest at mm. the time and just made it into their own thing. And um so I guess when I went to punk first when after I saw this movie it makes sense that it would pair well with Iron Maiden because they're so based in punk too. Mm-hmm. Yes, and yeah. you didn't even know that step. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. so man, that's, that's so cool. That's awesome. Yeah, it's super cool. Well, I I really enjoyed this one. I appreciate you guys throwing me a little bit of a bone. Um, this was just a lot of fun. Yeah, this was oh, just super this fun. One was high fun. energy. It gave. I mean, they're me, all a lot of fun, but yeah, so. no, no, I I totally agree. Uh, the, so far, all the episodes have been extremely interesting, and it's it's taken me out of my comfort zone. And and allowed uh, at least people like me. Hopefully, a couple of listeners are, are in, kind of in my situation, and it's been uh, it's been awesome and a breath of fresh air to experience things that I probably normally have wouldn't Dude, have listened yeah. to or I'm watched. I'm actually curious of how many people would be in your, you know like or like I'm just kind of curious of what the overlap is between the metal and the horror fans. Yeah, like, I'm really Dude, curious about. There, that. I'm sure there's I'm, so much. Yeah, that's like I'm sure there is. I no, really I, want I, to. Like, I agree. I, Going back to what I was saying about like. Old school death metal and mm-hmm. like the yeah. matching the aesthetics of this movie. The zombie movies and like very over the top metal just go together yes. so well. <laughs> like if you look at merch, if you look at fucking Iron Maiden merch, yeah. yep. it looks like it could be from a horror movie. Exactly. exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Very, very true. Yeah. I, or uh, uh, corn. Or, or corn. Yeah. It looks like it could be a weird. fucking. Rob Zombie. That is exactly what I was going to say. Yeah, I mean, it's funny because Rob Zombie, I feel like that one, I understand more. Corn. I have a hard time with corn. I don't like corn. I don't know why. I don't like corn. I don't like corn. I'm sorry. Maybe maybe our listeners out there love corn. corn. I'm sorry. New Metal is making a goddamn comeback right now. No, no. so disheartening. We need grunge to come back to kill New Metal again. Oh, man. Fuck New Metal. Well... So I just wanted to say that uh, I did appreciate this pick um, because I, you know, it was nice. It was it was, it was nice to change it up a little bit mm-hmm. and uh, re-energize. Um, at least on my end, because grunge pre- preceded new metal. It yes, was it was it was emo proceed. that killed oh. <laughs> new metal. Actually, MCR and the yeah. emo. Uh, the it was the natural progression of new metal. Yeah, there yeah. you go. Um, no, no, I'm just I'm just saying that uh, this one this was good. I. I it was a nice break, I think, because yes, the yeah, last yes. three picks, I think, before this were so heavy. We're kind of, yeah, we're kind of very daunting. Oh, it yeah. was heavy, and it was really, it took a lot of energy for for lay people like me to to get into. I will say, though, so this I was think, nice. This was nice. I think yeah. that will pique a lot of fans, though. Seeing the, the, like, how far left field we went in both direction, I feel like it will pique a lot of people's yeah. interest, because they'd be like, oh, they're talking about... Holy Mountain, you know, like, like, hey I feel man, like, I'm like oh. that, or I'll just be like, I've never heard of this shit before. Yeah, I don't care. That, hey, that's also that's very the beauty true. of this podcast, right? That's true. I think if you're if you're hardcore into one genre, hardcore in the other genre, that's where I think a we'll lay are. people, a lay person like me, I feel like this so far with our seven or eight episodes, yeah. it's been a nice, well rounded no. experience. And, and I'm super happy that a cult classic like this was something that Zach didn't have, hasn't seen before. So yeah. like it was yeah, like was it's like yeah, like yeah. worked out cool. really well. So it's like that's awesome. That yeah. was super tight. Yeah. Um I'll, I'll say this. 
Exposing you, Austin, to this stuff brings me so much joy. I agree. If I agree. like, if somebody learns about something that they like a lot mm-hmm. as a result of this podcast, and I think we've we've done some really cool stuff. I agree, man. That's life, right? Yeah, dude. So much fun. So much fun. So, uh, Stez. Yeah. What do you got for next episode, wait, dude? Wait, wait. Before oh, yeah. I do that. oh, oh, oh okay. sorry. Oh, we if you like. Exactly. Sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. Let's do that. Okay. Recommendations. Recommendations. If you liked Number of the Beast by Iron Maiden, you should listen to Power Slave by Iron Maiden. <laughs> <laughs> because that's yeah, actually noted. my favorite Iron Maiden album. Noted. Um, but you should also listen to Judas Priest, of course. Right. Um, and not just their hits. Go listen to Sad Wings of Destiny. It's released in 1976. Hmm. Has my. One of my all-time favorite metal songs in it. Okay. Victim of Changes. It's the first song on it. But also listen to Merciful Fate. That's King Diamond's first band. We did King Diamond for our first like real episode of this show. Um, so we're kind of coming back to that. Hell yeah. Uh, Merciful Fate, Don't Break the Oath. That album is fan-fucking-tastic. Um, there's also a lot of new... like epic heavy metal out there as well hmm. um it's not all death and black metal even though i love that shit <laughs> um, but spirit adrift is a band they're from austin i'm from austin and uh, so i always have a special place in my heart for them but austin texas not austin the human well he does I'm love not, me he does love me yeah I'm not from the body of Austin Kim, believe it or not. He, he could be. Uh, Spirit of Drift, <laughs> they have a new album. Like me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. A foot taller. And so, does, so, does the ba- so does the band. <laughs> yeah. Spinning image. Yeah. Spinning yeah. image. Uh, all right, Stez, what, how about you? How about Rex? Evil Dead, obviously. Oh, One, yeah. two, Army of Darkness. Um, a lot of eighty, honestly, a lot of eighties movies because they just hit that campy, fucking Repo corny, Man, dude. Re- yeah, Repo Man, Killer Clowns from Outer Space. Yeah. Uh, oh, honestly, another killer movie, Killer the Attack of the Killer Tomatoes Part One and Two. Part <laughs> Two has, I believe, George Clooney's like first on-screen performances. A performance, Whoa. yeah, it's a pretty early George Clooney. Um, let's see, I mean, but that's more like schlocky, like really shitty, like eighties movie. Uh, but Killer Clown Outer Space definitely. Lost Boys, oh, man. There's just just any any horror movies from the '80s. You'll, you'll most likely yeah. you'll he'll hit if the you right mark. This. Okay, um, but more current though, like that hits that tone. I'm I'm, I'm like I'm really trying to think because like that's mm-hmm. that's a little tough. Maybe the Green Room, which is a more recent oh, movie. Oh, with um, John Ant- Patrick Stewart. Patrick Not Stewart as plays Stewart. a white supremacist, which yeah. is hilarious. Uh, I believe Anton Yelchin's last performance yeah. or one that, of his that last. That was a cool movie. I like that. Yeah, it was a good movie. Um, yeah, I mean maybe like Tucker and Dale versus Evil because that's more like comedy, uh, like yeah. humor. But um, did you ever see Dead Alive? Dead. Yes, Dead Alive. Yes, yes, yes. I've yes, never yes. seen that. Yes. But is that like this movie at all? Kind of, but kind not. Of. Yeah, it's that's hard to okay. pinpoint, but. Yeah, I don't know. Any 80s movies, really. Because this is a quintessential like 80s movie. For yeah, sure. But, for sure. And it, it is, if not the 80s horror... If not the 80s horror movie, it is definitely the 80s zombie movie. Mm. Yeah. Mm. All right, well, uh, what do you got for our next episode, man? What, did you, what are you going to pick for Zach? So this one was actually kind of interesting. Because... Mm. Originally, I wanted to do for the longest time was this movie called Funny Games by Michelle Hennecke. It's a remake of his like own movie, but I was upon rewatch, I was like, hey, it's not really a horror movie. It's mm-hmm. like a suspense movie that plays on like suspense tropes and stuff like that. It's a great movie, which I would tell you, like I definitely recommend. But um, it's going to be a movie that you actually uh, mentioned earlier, which is Day of the Dead. Fuck yeah! <laughs> Only right. because watching this movie, it made me think of like all the George Romero's movie, and obviously my favorite one, which is Day of the Dead. Dude, which is I like this very bleak, very yeah, very different, dark, movie. very dry, very just visceral in its gore. Like you just see people just deter- like fall apart. In like oh, yeah. the zombies in this are so awesome. Like um, what's his name's work? It's just incredible on this. The the makeup Tom Zavini. Tom Zavini. Tom Zavini's work is just incredible on this. Like he said it himself. Uh, I'll mention it later. I'm not gonna get into it because we'll talk about it in this review. But um. Yeah, I, re- I, I mainly I recommend this because this movie is just 
again bleak and dry so i'm so curious of what you will like Fuck choose yeah. for this movie <laughs> all right because well, it, it, it's not like any other movie where you will listen you know you watch and go like oh i i know like yeah. what i can go with like this movie it's like it's so unique in in, in some way so like mm-hmm. i'm so curious what you I'm, pick. I'm glad you picked it i think zach is super excited i'm glad because now it gives me an excuse to watch yeah it. i don't think you've seen it awesome. i haven't yeah. seen it it's amazing you guys you guys have brought it up you guys have brought it up multiple times. So this is my mother. F- this is my monkey farm. Fra- fra- what does this say? What does it say? My monkey farm. <laughs> this is my monkey know. farm. I Frankenstein. Have... I'll do whatever the fuck I want. <laughs> I have no idea what you're talking about. It's but a great I'm going to assume that it's from the movie. There's so the performances on this are like. It's it's like almost like Return of the Living Dead, where it's turned up to eleven. Like it's oh. amazing. Okay. And well, how cheesy it is. I think this would be great. Zach looks like he's already got the wheels turning yeah, or I've whatever moving and, and uh I'm and so curious. I'm stuff, so, so curious. Super excited for the next episode. Um we are already at the hour mark, so we're gonna close it out here. She. Uh but before we end she she <laughs> uh Stez, open some fan mail. Yeah, he's got still got nothing. That's right. We still have not released anything. Yeah, we so, still have that, uh, <laughs> that second government check. That's right. Uh, okay, so we're still in the pandemic. Still no fan mail. and uh, Well, other than from our moms. Yes. So hopefully somebody is still listening to this out there. Uh, thank you for tuning in. Thank you, gents, for a great episode. Thank you. Uh, and for everybody out there, thank you for listening. Absolutely. And have a good night. <laughs>